And if we had 10,000 tongues, if we had 10,000 tongues, we would bless you with everyone. We would bless you with everyone.
you reign victorious. High and lifted up, Jesus, Son of God, Jesus, Son of God, the darling of heaven, crucified. About two weeks ago, I attended a funeral <clears throat> of a childhood friend, a friend that I uh, grew up with at church, a friend that was uh, converted through the bus ministry, met Jesus through uh, several people, but met Jesus basically through a bus ministry. The, uh, the memorial that day for Will was a bit unusual because people had lost touch with him. But there were 10, probably 10 people in the, in the audience that day. And the dynamic that took place in that, in that group was, was probably the most unique memorial that I've ever been a part of because we ended up sitting in a circle and just talking about Will and telling stories about him. And the stories that came out were not, were not easy to hear. We, sto we heard stories of hardship. We heard stories of, of just the pain that came from, from what he had to deal with in his life. But as the stories progressed, we, we, we began to recognize our own hardship and our own, I guess, vulnerabilities, maybe. But one of the ministers said something that, that, just, that just struck me. He said, you know, Will lived a gospel life. And that, that summed it all up. And then we, we recognized, I guess, at, at the end, in all these stories and all these, this hardship that Will had experienced, the, and, and some of it self-inflicted, some of it not, in all this, we recognized Jesus' faithfulness. Isaiah 53, I won't read all of it, but verse 4, it just says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. 
Jesus carried Will. But Jesus didn't just carry Will. Jesus carries us. And his faithfulness is precious to us. And we, we remember that each week as we, as we come to this, this time in our, in our service, as we remember what happened at the cross. And we take these, these emblems. Let's pray. Father, th- thank you this morning for who you are. For identifying with with us through Jesus. Father, for, for carrying us through whatever hardship it might be in, in, in our lives. Father, thank you for thank you for Jesus. And we pray that as we partake of these emblems, this juice and this this bread, Father, that we'll be reminded of who you are and, and how much you've carried us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's everyone stand for the song before the sermon. This is one of those I love to lead because, you know, Cooper last week talked about the love of Jesus is constant. Man, we have a great God, don't we? And I love leading this one because I can just feel the Spirit all over the place. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice, it trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. And age to age he stands. And time is in his hands. Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one, Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion. 
This time of the year, I know for sure it was 1995, I'm fairly positive it was the month of March, it might have been the first week, but around this time in 1995 that, uh, that I had gone for a job interview and, uh, you know, I, I was a senior in college, was, you know, going to be graduating in May, needing to get a job. Um, and, you know, I'd done youth internships and, and different, uh, had different ministry type experiences, but I was ready to go be a youth minister. And I got, and, and I went and interviewed at this church and, um, and they offered me the job of, of all things. I mean, a single guy had never had full-time youth ministry experience before. And they're like, you're the guy. And it was in Fort Collins, Colorado. And they offered it to me. They gave, you know, here's what your salary is going to be. And here's when you can start. And we're ready for you to get here. And I didn't, I didn't accept immediately. And, you know, there were some people were like, hey, man, somebody offered you a job. You take the job. Like, you don't, you don't have one. You need one. Here's one. You should take it. Uh, and I just kind of dragged my feet a little bit. And, and uh, maybe it was, you know, a little bit of fear because I didn't really know that many people in Colorado. And maybe I kind of thought, you know, my first job would at least be a little bit closer to home. You know, grew up in Arkansas, at least somewhere a little bit closer driving distance. Maybe it was uh, just I, I, I didn't know if I was totally, for, you know, ready to be, you know, the full-time guy. Part of the, the problem was I was dating this girl that would eventually become my wife, but she was over in Florence, Italy at the time, and a couple of years behind me in school. So are we going to date from that far away? She's in Arkansas and I'm in Colorado, or is she going to move to Colorado and finish there? That would have been you know, difficult, and it just, uh, there was all sorts of issues and things in my mind, and I just didn't accept right away. Fast forward to the end of the month, uh, end of March, 1st of April, and man, I was just having just one of those weeks, and I know, looking back on it, I mean, I'm sure that at the time, I thought, man, my life is so stressful right now as this 20-some-odd-year-old college student. Uh, compared to other stresses that have come since then, but you know it was just it was just 
it was a bad week. I mean, my, my classes were not going that well. Uh, I was, I had procrastinated on a, on a 30 page paper that was due in a few weeks and I was just getting started and that was bad. And Again, my girlfriend is over across the ocean, and all my guy friends are like, hey, Marshall's girlfriend is going to be gone all semester. We're going to get to hang out and do all sorts of fun stuff just us guys. They all got girlfriends and left me all by myself all the time, so that wasn't any fun. And then, you know, I'm worried about this job and what to do next. And then, and then of all days, uh, my, the softball team that I was on got beat 15 to nothing in three innings. And just, man, it's just bad. And I remember going back, I'm on the verge of tears. I know that sounds funny now. I'm like, there's just nothing good going in my life right now. And, and I went back to my, my dorm room, and I thought, man, I, I, need, I need some good news. I need some joy. I need something to put a smile on my face. I want to call that church. I want to accept that job. At least something is, is going good for me or will be going good for me. So I'm going to call that church and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to take the job. And they'll say, oh, we're so glad to have you. And I'll feel so good about myself. And even if my softball team can't win, at least I got a job when I graduate, you know. And I was feeling, you know, kind of excited about this. And I called the number. Uh, you saw me punch numbers because that's what we used to do on the before we had cell phones. I called on this landline to this elder that whose phone number I had and I said I'm ready I'm sorry I put you guys off for a few weeks but I'm ready I'm ready to take this job I'm ready to be the youth minister there in uh, at your church there in Fort Collins and he's like ah man thanks for calling um while we were waiting to hear back from you we interviewed another guy and we offered him the job as well and we were just waiting to see which one of y'all called back first he called last night and accepted the job oh man and I, I remember as, you know, trying to be nice, applied on the phone, like, oh, okay, all right, well, thank you for the opportunity. So I hung up, and I was, and I was thinking, God, that is, not, that is not what I was looking for. I wanted some good news. I wanted some joy, and you just, like, and, and the, what was worse, I didn't even see that coming. I mean, maybe I should have, because I did. I put them off for a few weeks, and that, that was my fault. I was kind of dragging my heels a little bit. But I didn't, I mean, they had already offered me the job, right? It was mine. It was mine to take. And then all of a sudden, no, it's not. Here's your job. Ha <laughs> ha, just kidding. We gave it to this guy. And it was just hurtful. It was painful for that moment. Now, I will say, I think that all that happened for a reason, and I think that God put me where he needed me to be uh, here in Northwest Arkansas. But at the time, Man, it was hurtful, and what made it even more hurtful was I was caught off guard by it. I was surprised by it. And I'm guessing that we all have times like that. Not necessarily that a job that we wanted ended up going to somebody else, although that could be, you know, something that's going on. But we, but we have those times in our lives when we didn't see, anything, you know, something coming. And we started talking about this last week, the times that I didn't see it coming. I did, you know, we have these surprises in life, these, these moments that, that catch us off guard that maybe, maybe we should have seen coming, but we just didn't. Or maybe it's just life that happened and, or, or somebody did something that we weren't prepared for. And now we've got this thing that we're dealing with, and, and not only are we having to deal with it, but, but we weren't ready for it. And now I'm kind of in shock and wondering what to do next. And specifically this morning... I want us to be talking about, thinking about those times when a, when a hardship comes. Now, you may be sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, I don't know that, that not getting that job, but yet getting another job was all that big of a hardship. At the time, it was hard. It was, it was a hardship for me that I, didn't, I wasn't prepared for, I wasn't ready for. 
And we've, we've all experienced uh, times like that. And I, I know that there are people in this room, there are people who are watching online right now who have experienced all sorts of, of, of different hardships that you didn't see coming, different hard times, different storms, whatever you want to call it, and you didn't see it coming. As a matter of fact, I want to do something really quickly. Keep your mask on when you do this, but those of you watching online, I'd love for you to put in the comments right now, or those of you that want to get on our, on our Facebook and, and YouTube channel right now, or you're sitting in the room, want to share online, you're welcome to do that. But I want you to tell somebody next to you, tell us online, what's a hardship that you've had at any time in your life and you didn't see it coming. Not just a hardship that, okay, I, I, reckon, I saw this coming down the road and I was ready for it, but totally caught by surprise, didn't see it coming and you had to deal with it. It could be something you're in right now. could be something from a long time ago. And your mark said go. I'll just give you a few seconds. Just first thing that comes to your mind, what's a hardship that you've had that you weren't ready for? I know it's weird to hear total silence online, but there's a lot of talking going on right now. And, here, and here's the thing. You can keep talking if you want to. Here's the thing. We, we all, I mean, I wish, I wish we could see how many different people just in this room had something that, that came to mind. Because we've all gone through it. And if it hasn't happened to you yet, it's going to. There are going to be times in your life, and there have already been times in many of our lives, where we experienced, just for lack of a better word, a hardship a difficult circumstance, and we weren't ready for it. And what makes, what makes it worse when, when the, news, you know, the news that we got was bad, when we lost a job that we thought we were going to hold on to, when we suddenly got really sick and we weren't ready for that, uh, when, when our loved one, our dear friend passes away, you know, tragic circumstances or suddenly we weren't ready for that, when, um, when we've been betrayed by a family member, somebody that we thought we could trust, or maybe betrayed by a friend, and that friendship has now ended, and we weren't ready for that. We, we didn't expect that to happen. Whatever the circumstance is, now I'm suffering, now I'm hurting, and I'm dealing with this hardship, and what makes it worse is I wasn't ready for it. And maybe if I could have gotten, you know, a little bit of the news ahead of time, maybe if I could have seen it coming, I could, have, I could have at least gotten ready for the shock of it, but I didn't. And it just hit, and, and now I've got to deal with it. Not just the difficulty itself, but the, the confusion, maybe even the guilt that I wasn't ready for it. I didn't see it coming. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Now when those times come, there's different thoughts that come to our mind when we first experience that. When, when, when that hardship comes and we were surprised by it, there's different things that, that come to our mind. And I want to share some of these things that, that we wrestle with that are, well, it was, it's hard to label them. I even talked with our youth minister, Brandon, this week and just said, I'm not totally for sure how to categorize this first category of statements that I want to share with you. I, I can't, I don't know the exact title to give it. So here's what I came up with. These sometimes, but not always, true statements, okay? These things that, that these thoughts that come to our minds, and, and maybe, maybe they're accurate, maybe they're not. Let me give you an example. When the hard time comes, when the hardship comes, and I'm not ready for it, I'm surprised by it, caught off guard by it, one of the first things that I can think to myself is, well, this hardship that I'm dealing with must be my fault. I must have done something to cause this. I, and, and now, not only am I struggling with the hardship, but now I've got guilt because it's my own fault for getting here. And to be quite honest, sometimes that's true. Sometimes that is accurate. It's my choices that brought this hardship on. I, you know, it was, it was, it's consequences to, to my own decisions. I'm experiencing the results of the actions that I've taken. 
So, uh, you know, I had to break up with this person that I was dating, but that was, that was my fault. Uh, you know, our marriage is in trouble right now, but I can be honest and recognize the different actions that I've taken and the words that I've said that have caused a problem. There's a distance between me and my kids. There's a distance between me and my parents or some other family member. But I can be honest and go, that's, that's my fault. That's, that's actions that I took that, that got us there. I may have lost a job, and I, and I say, if I'm truly honest, I can recognize my job performance wasn't that great, and I probably deserve to lose a job. Whatever the thing is, there's times when it is me. It's my fault. I'm the reason that I'm experiencing whatever the hardship is. But that's not always the case. Sometimes it's not my fault. Sometimes it's just life, as we talked about last week. Sometimes it's, you know, somebody else's fault. I'm going through a difficult time, and I had nothing to do with it. And so here's the, uh, the next sometimes but not always true statement. Sometimes, or this hardship, must be somebody else's fault. And let's be honest, sometimes that's accurate. I didn't do anything to cause this. I didn't shut the company down and cause me to lose my job. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I, I wasn't the one who, who cheated on my spouse. My spouse cheated on me. I wasn't the one uh, who, you know, was verbally abusive or physically abusive or emotionally abusive that was that was, that happened to me i didn't have any control over the economy that caused me to lose all my savings somebody else or a bunch of other people a bunch of other circumstances caused that not me i didn't have any control over this it just hit it wasn't my fault and now i'm dealing with it we have all sorts of different things happen to us you know that are caused by other people or just circumstances in life and if that's the case, then I don't need to spend all my time worrying about all the things that I could have done different when I couldn't have done anything different. And I don't need to beat myself up and feel guilty about things that I should have done different when life just happened or somebody else made choices that were hurtful to me. But that's not always true. Sometimes I'm trying to blame other people for my mistakes. I'm trying to pass the buck. I'm trying to make excuses. I'm trying to rationalize the things when I should take an honest look at myself and, and my choices and my actions and what brought me to the place that I, that I am. What did I do to get into this situation? What could I have done different? What do I need to be doing to move forward from here? So you see what I'm saying? We wrestle with these thoughts. We wrestle with, with is, is this my fault? Is this somebody else's fault? And the answer could honestly be, yeah. There's some things that I could have done different. There's some things that somebody else could have done different. And I'm still stuck with this situation that I wasn't prepared for. Here's another sometimes true but not always true statement. God is going to make obvious why I'm going through this. And I have had good-intentioned church people tell me this. And I've heard them say this to other people. That God, whatever the circumstance is, whatever the difficulty is, God is going to make it obvious. God is going to reveal to you why this difficulty came into your life. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it is obvious. It may not be obvious in the moment, but you get a little bit past it, you look back and see, okay, that's why God had me go through uh, that circumstance. And you can even look through Scripture and find times like that. You know, God told his people uh, that they were going to be uh, enslaved and, and carried off from their homeland for 70 years. And he said, here's why this is happening. You guys have been, have been for centuries making a whole bunch of ungodly choices and worshiping other gods and doing ungodly things. And so you're going to have to deal with the consequences of that. He told them what was happening, and he told them why it was happening. 
They still got caught off guard by it and didn't expect it, but God told them, here's why this is happening. God, if you read through the book of Hosea in the Old Testament, the prophet Hosea, God told Hosea, go marry this woman, Gomer. She's kind of a, I mean, to be honest, we'd call her a slut. She slept around with a lot of people before she met Gomer, I mean, before she met Hosea. And God knew that ahead of time. He's like, that's the woman that I want you to marry. And here's the deal. When you marry her, she's going to be unfaithful to you. She's going to continue to sleep around even though y'all are married. But here's why this is happening. I want to teach my people what it feels like to be cheated on. They're going to see that in your marriage, Hosea. So Hosea goes through this, this difficult circumstance of being married to this woman and her sleeping around on him and cheating on him. And God tells him, here's why this happened. Here's what's going on. I mean... We've, we've talked multiple times about Jesus' disciple, his name Peter. And on the night before Jesus' death, Peter says, I'm going to stick with you, Jesus, no matter what. I'm going to be with you no matter what the circumstances. And Jesus tells Peter, you're going to, before, before the sun comes up, you're going to say three different times, you don't even know who I am. And when you read through that story, all the, different, uh, all the different books about the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all four of them talk about that story. But if you read through Luke's version of it, in the book of Luke, Jesus even follows that up to say, Peter, you're going to deny me. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And Satan is even asked to, to, the words Jesus uses, sift you like wheat, to break you down to your very core. That's what he wants to do. And here's what's going to happen, Peter. You're actually going to do this. He is going to break you down. You're going to be shaken. But when you come back, you're going to be able to strengthen your brothers. Jesus tells Peter, you're about to go through a difficult circumstance, and it's going to be hard, and here's why it's going to happen. Because you, Peter, are going to be able to tell other people when they fall away, when they have faith in me and they walk away from me, when they have faith in me and it's challenged and they're tempted to walk away from me, you're going to be able to say, okay, well, let's come back. God always accepts back. God always forgives. God always heals. He did it for me. He can do it for you. That's why this is happening. Y'all with me? Sometimes God makes it obvious why the bad time is here. And he tells us, he, he reveals it either in the moment or on down the road. But folks, that's not always the case. There are times when God does not make it obvious why I'm going through whatever it is that I'm going through. He's just letting me go through it. And, and one of the more, I guess, common examples that we look at, at, at Scripture to reveal that to us is the story of Job. If you've never read through the book of Job, it's kind of a long read. It's 42 chapters and long chapters and a lot of words that we don't all completely understand, especially if we read, you know, kind of older versions of it. And, but the whole thing about Job is Job loses all his possessions, and he loses all of his kids in a, in a terrible, tragic way, and he gets covered from head to toe in painful boils, and he just wishes he could die. And all this stuff happens at once. He didn't see it coming. He was surprised by it. There was no warning. And now you read through the book of Job, and it's chapter after chapter after chapter of Job going, God, Why? And you get to the end of the book, and God even shows up. And God speaks to Job, and God says, Job, I'm God, you're not. There's a lot of things going on you don't completely understand, which is great, I guess, for Job to hear. But you know what God never says? Go investigate. Read through the book of Job. You know what God never says? Here's why this is happening. 
Now, we can look at it because in the first chapter of the book of Job, we recognize that Satan wanted to test Job's faith, and God allows it to happen. And we can go to the end of the book and realize that his faith was tested. He held on to his faith, and God restored all his stuff back to him, restored his health back to him. We, we can see those two bookends. God never once tells Job, Job, your life is miserable right now, and you weren't ready for it, but here's why it happened. He never says that to him because God doesn't always do that. The promise is not that God will make obvious why we're going through whatever the difficulty is. The promise is from God is I'll walk with you through it. You may never know why you're going through what you're going through. So sometimes God makes it obvious. Not always. And now we spent time on this this morning. You may, be, you may be sitting here and thinking, you may be online thinking to yourself, okay, well, I mean, great, but why are we talking about sometimes true statements? Why, why are we talking about this iffy kind of thing? And the reason I shared these kinds of thoughts with you is because I want you to, to know that I wrestle with these things too. I want to be completely genuine and honest with you. I know that that church leaders, preachers, pastors, whatever title you want to use, a lot of people look at us, look for us to have all the answers. And I've, I've got a lot of answers. They may not be accurate, but I can tell you answers. But sometimes I just don't know. And there's times when people have come to me or I've heard people talk to other people and, and, and ask, why am I going through this? Why is this happening? And sometimes you can look at it. I can look at some things that are going on in your life and go, well, I know this is hard, but let's be honest. Let's look at, at these different circumstances or let's look at what this, you know, you may need to make some changes or you may need to put up some boundaries between you and that other person. There's some obvious reasons. There's some obvious things going on. But sometimes when people... I'm just telling you from my experience, when people ask me sometimes, why am I going through this? My only answer is, I don't know. It could be your fault. It could be somebody else's fault. God could be doing something with this. I don't know what that something is. And I I I want you to know we're all wrestling with these kind of thoughts together. That we're all going to have difficult circumstances. That we're going to have difficult circumstances that come that we weren't ready for. And that when those times come that we weren't ready for, we're going to wrestle with different thoughts. Why? And I wish the answers were easy. And they're not always. But there are some absolute truths that I latch on to, that I want you to latch on to when the hard times come, especially the ones that we didn't see coming. Some absolutely true statements that I want to take a minute to share with you today. And the first one is this, that this hardship that I'm going through is temporary. And that's absolutely true. Whatever the hardship it is, however long it's, it's going on, however much I've been hurt by it, it is, it is temporary. It is not eternal. It is not forever. There, there will be an end to it at some point, and I just have to endure it. If you go through the book of Acts in, in the Bible, the book of Acts talks about the history of the church when it first started in the years after uh, Jesus was, was taken back to heaven. And one of the guys, one of the main characters that, that is spotlighted throughout the book of Acts is a guy named Paul. And most of you have probably heard of him, but in case you didn't, he's you know, a really famous uh, disciple of Jesus, famous preacher, wrote a lot of the books in the Bible, a lot of letters to a lot of different churches. But read through the book of Acts and read through some of the things that, that Paul went through. And Paul 
I mean, he was arrested. He was, he was beaten and whipped. Uh, he was stoned at one point. A bunch of rocks thrown at him to try to kill him. He was ridiculed. He was completely abandoned by the people that he thought he could count on. He was shipwrecked at one point. There's a lot of different stuff. I mean, I just named off a whole bunch of different things that I've never gone through, that Paul went through for, this, for you know, the sake of Jesus, for his faith. And all those different hardships that, just, that Paul went through, I want you to see how he describes them in 2 Corinthians. You can turn here if you want to. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says this in verse 17, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I read that and I want to look at Paul and go, light and momentary? Like beatings and arrest and stoning and shipwreck, that, that's, that's light. What's heavy, Paul? Light and momentary? And, and some of these things lasted for a long time. He was in prison for years. He had hardships for years and years that he had to deal with. He had physical issues that he even asked God to take away, and he didn't. He dealt with, with hardships for years. And every single one of those things, Paul goes, you know what? It's, it's light and it's, it's momentary. It'll, it'll pass. It's not forever. Paul, you've gone through some hard stuff, some painful stuff. Yeah, but I, I've, I've got something better. I've got something better waiting for me. I've got something better right now. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. I've got a reward in heaven waiting for me. I believe it's real, and I believe that that is everlasting. I've got connection and fellowship with, with not just my God, but with fellow Christians here, and that's eternal. I've got, I've got joy that other people can't understand. I've got peace that other people can't comprehend. I've got all sorts of good stuff that's not going to go away. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to get beaten and whipped. And I don't like being ridiculed, and I don't like riots starting in cities that I come to, and I don't like being abandoned, and, and the shipwreck was not fun. But it is momentary. It didn't last. My connection with God and the reward that comes from that, that's eternal. And so here's what he says we do next. Verse 18, keep reading. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. You remember us talking last week about tunnel vision, about what we focus on and we miss out on other things? Paul says, if I spent all my time just focusing on all the hardships, I would miss out on all the good stuff. Because the hardships are temporary. I can see those and I can feel them and I have to experience them, but that's temporary. But what I can't see, my faith, my joy, my peace, my reward, that's eternal. And that's what I'm going to focus on. This hardship that I might be going through that I didn't see coming is temporary. Second thing we need to latch on to is that God will sometimes give me more than I can handle. God will sometimes give me more than I can handle. And I know that if you're looking at that on your screen, if you guys are looking at this right now, you're like, well, wait a second. That's not right. There's a typo there or something. Because I've heard preachers talking about, I've, I've, I've heard fellow Christians, people have posted on social media, God will never give us more than we can handle. Right? We get that 
from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, some words of, of Paul, this guy that we just talked about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Okay, so, you know, not beyond what I can bear. So God's not going to give me more than I can handle. That's what the Bible says, right? Well, this verse, let's not lift it out of its context. This verse is about temptation. Not just troubles, specifically temptation. Specifically Satan trying to influence us to do ungodly things. How do I know that? I read the verses before this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the verses before, Paul says this in verse 13. Talk about temptation. Talk about all these different times that God's people had chosen something else instead of God. They had chosen to walk a different path than the path that God was sending them on. Chosen to give their hearts to something else or someone besides their God. And Paul says those times are going to come. Those times are going to come even though you're a Christian. You're still going to be tempted. And it's going to be hard. But God is never going to allow you to be so consumed by a temptation that you can't walk away from the temptation, from the desire to sin. God is always going to provide a way to get through the temptation and to get past and escape from it. Y'all with me? But God, God sometimes gives us problems in life, hardships that are beyond what we can handle. How do I know that? God that just said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I invite you to turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8, he tells the church, still writing to the same church, just at a different time. He says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Hold on, what did Paul just say there? We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure. Underline that in your Bibles. Highlight it in your Bible apps. Paul says what was happening to us at that time was more than I could take. God gave us more than we could handle. God allowed this burden to come on us, this hardship for us to have to deal with, and it was more than we could deal with. It was too much. It was crushing us. Why would God do that? Why would God allow that hardship to be more than possible? He answers that in the very next verse. Verse 9, he says, this happened. Here's why this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on our God. Why did God, why did God, allow a hardship to come into Paul's life that was more than he could handle so that Paul would actually have to rely on God to get him through it. There are times when I don't see this difficulty coming, when I don't see this hardship coming into my life, when God allows it to happen. And it might honestly, I mean, sometimes it's stuff that I can handle. Sometimes I have to pray about it, I have to think about it, I have to work on it, but I can handle it. But there are times in my life, and it hasn't happened yet, it's going to. There are times in my life when God gives me more than I can handle. Why? So that I have to rely on him. So that I don't sit there and say, oh, I got this. I can handle this. This is all about me. I have to be humble enough. I have to be vulnerable enough to say, God, I'm not strong enough, but I know you are. There are times when God actually allows that to happen so that I recognize my need for him. 
Now, I may be trusting in myself too much, and that's always going to end in disappointment. I need to rely on God. I need to be humble enough to trust in Him. And the third uh, truth that I want to share with you this morning is absolutely true, is God will walk with me through this. Whatever it is, God will walk with me through it. If I'm his child, if I, if I have put my faith and my trust in him, I have confessed his name, I have asked him to be the king of my heart, I have repented of my sins, I've been baptized in the blood of his son Jesus, and I'm trying every day, probably somewhat unsuccessfully, but trying to walk in his light. I am his child, and if I'm his child, he walks with me through everything that I'm dealing with. That's a promise. Multiple times in Scripture, God says, never am I going to leave you. Never am I going to forsake you. I'll always be with you. You're my child. I love you. We talked about this at the end of our time last week, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. I just want us to trust and to know that God's always going to carry us through it, whatever it is. He even promised this to, to his people of Israel. He brought them through the wilderness after they came out of Egyptian slavery. And they didn't have food and they didn't have water. And they had enemies that were much more uh, numerous than them, much more powerful than them. And God gave them food and God gave them water and God protected them. And he won their battles for them. And after they get on the other side of that, Moses reminds them of it. And he says in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 31, there, talking about back in the wilderness, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way until you reach this place. God carried his people. He never left them alone. He didn't always protect them from the hardships, but he walked with them through the hardships, and he'll do that for us. God's always going to walk with us through it, even if he doesn't protect us from it. And God will always make something good from something bad. God will always make something good from something bad. That's, it's just what God does. Remember me talking about uh, Hosea and the, and the woman the, the awful wife that he married, Gomer, God restored that marriage. God allowed Hosea to show grace and forgiveness and bring those two people back together. God did something good with an awful marriage situation. There's a woman that's talked about uh, in the New Testament that Jesus healed. She had this bleeding condition for 12 years. Which is basically, she, you know, she was basically on her period for 12 years straight. And just the discomfort, just the pain that she was going through was, was bad enough. But then just the humiliation of that, of constantly being bleeding. And then beyond that, the culture that she lived in, she was considered unclean. And she couldn't be around other people at all. She had to completely distance herself from everybody else. It's just this awful living situation she was in. And, and she comes to Jesus, and she fights through a crowd that she's not even supposed to be around in the first place. And she reaches out, she touches the, the hem of, of Jesus' robe, and she's healed. Twelve years of suffering, twelve years of of doctors not being able to do anything, 12 years of embarrassment and humiliation, 12 years of, of pain and distance and, and just destitution, gone. But not only was she healed, Jesus said, I want you to tell this crowd your story. And she did. And God took an awful situation that this, this hardship this woman had been dealing with for a long time and convinced other people of the power and the grace and the restitution of God. God will always take difficult circumstances and make something good from them. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says that we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. We misread this sometimes. 
We read this to say God will always make good things happen for people who love him. That's not always the case. And there are preachers who say that, and there's other people who say that, and that's not always the case. Sometimes God allows bad things to happen to us. The promise is not that God is always going to make good things happen. The promise is that even when the bad stuff happens, God can take that and eventually make something good come from it. Maybe immediately, maybe down the road. But God can always take something that we see as bad, as difficult, as hard, as painful, as resentful, whatever it is. God can make something beautiful from it. My God made the most complex and yet beautiful creature, human being, a handful of dust. Don't you think he can do something good with the hardship you're dealing with in your life? God can always make something good from something not good. Okay, we've... We've seen the things that we kind of wrestle with that are sometimes true but not true. We know what the absolute truths are. If we, if we believe those things to be true, great, but I'm still in this hardship. What do I do? I believe all the things you said. I, I, I trust in those things. I, I, I'm trusting in God, but what, what can I do? I don't want to be in this hardship anymore. I don't, like, how do I deal with it? Let's talk about that very quickly and I'll be done. First thing I need to do when the hardship comes, especially when I didn't see it coming, I need to pray about it. I need to pray about it. I need to talk to God about it. I need to ask him, God, will you heal this? Will you fix it? Will you carry me through it? I need to ask, I need to ask the Holy Spirit to, to find the words that I can't, to explain to God what's on my heart, to explain how, how, how hard this is, how painful it is, and to ask him to, to get me through it and to be genuine about that. It's okay to tell God, to, to say, God, this hurts, and I don't understand why I'm going through it. I'm kind of frustrated. I'm even a little bit angry, God, that I'm having to deal with this. That's okay. Because the thing that God wants in those conversations, those prayers with him, above everything else, is an open, genuine, honest heart. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25, each of you should put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. This is not, when he says speak truthfully, that's not just saying speak only true facts. He's saying speak genuinely, speak sincerely, don't be fake. Be real and genuine and open and honest with each other. That's what you need to do. Now, if, now if, if God recognizes the benefit and calls us to talk honestly and openly with each other, to be willing to say, okay, I got some flaws and I got some things that I, I wish weren't there, but this is me and this is what's going on in my life, to be willing to be that open and honest with each other, shouldn't we be that open and honest with our God? Shouldn't we be willing to say, God, I'm hurting I don't know why, but I want to stop and just be honest with our Father about the hardship and allow Him to do something with it. And the second thing is, I need to lean into it. I need to lean into the hardship. Sometimes we want to escape it, we want to run from it, or just sit and do nothing and, and just kind of wallow in it. We need to lean into it, we need to keep moving forward into it so that we can get past it. If you can think of the times when you've been outside, it's just really, really hard wind that's coming at you. And what do you do? You kind of lean forward a little bit. And I've got this resistance. I've got this, this thing that's coming at me, but I'm going to keep leaning into it. I'm going to keep stepping forward. That's what we need to do with the hardship that comes in our lives, especially when we're caught off guard and caught by surprise. We need to lean into it. Learn from it. Experience it, but lean into it and get on the other side of it. 
Don't try to run from it. Don't pretend it's not there. Don't just sit and do nothing and go, well, just my life's just miserable. Lean into it and walk through it. Get on the other side of it. James says in James chapter 1 and verse 4, perseverance must finish its work. Leaning into it, keeping moving forward, even when it's difficult, that has to be completed so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's only going to make me stronger. It's only going to make my faith stronger. It's only going to make my ability to minister to other people stronger if I lean into the hardship and get through it instead of just allowing myself to be blown away by it. Pray about it. Lean into it. And number three, I need to use it. I need to use it. Do something productive with it. Learn from it. I, I need to, if it was my mistakes that got me here, I need to learn from those things and, and not do those things anymore. Or I could share that experience. If I've gone through some difficult time, and especially one that I didn't see coming, and I see somebody else going through the same thing, I need to share my experiences with them. Not so that I can sit there and go, oh, yeah, I know what that's like. Boy, you're in for it now. And walk away from them. But to, go, but to be honest and go, man, I don't know exactly what it's like, but I've been through something similar. And here's how I got through. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lock arms with you, and we're going to walk through it together because I know how hard this is. Or maybe somebody's going through something, and I haven't gone through that, but I've gone through another difficulty. And it doesn't, again, it's not a contest. We're not matching to see whose life was worse than whose. I know what it's like to deal with hardship. I can lock arms with that person and go, let's walk forward together. I don't know what the end result is going to be, but I'm here with you through this thing. I need to use the experience. I need to strengthen my connection with God. I need to persevere through it and, and, and recognize what God has brought me through so that I can be closer to him and recognize how great a God he is as we sung earlier today. I need to use the hardship to bless my connection with God and to bless the lives of other folks. Going back one more time to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Remember in verses 8 and 9 when Paul talked about how he experienced hardship that, that was beyond what he could bear? Go up a few verses from that. In verses 3 and 4 he says this, Praise be to God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. Note real quick, does he say who protects us from all our troubles? No. What does he say? Who comforts us? Who wraps his arms around, around us and walks through troubles with us? But keep reading. Why does he do that? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. If I've had difficult times come in my life and my God has carried, you know, walked with me, maybe even carried me through those times, then he calls me to use that to carry other people. Because I know what it's like to be rescued. And I need to run and try to help rescue others. Make sense? Use it. Use the hardship. Recognize what a loving father you have and, and, and try to create that recognition in the lives of others. Oh, there's so much in my heart to share with you guys today, but I want to wrap up. There are times that I don't have the time to tell you today. When I have been stuck, when I've been hurting, when I have felt empty and alone. And for whatever reason, arrogance, embarrassment, ignorance, I convince myself 
that just had to get through those times on my own, that just had to figure it out. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and keep going. We have a God of all comfort who says, when the hard times come, talk to me. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid. Don't be foolishly arrogant enough to think you have to do this on your own. I'll I'll walk with you. I'll carry you through it. There are people in this room who I know would walk with me through any circumstance. And at different times, I've convinced myself I don't need you. And I want to apologize for that. I didn't say this in in the 9 o'clock service today. Maybe I should have. We need each other. And we need to be humble enough to say that to each other. I need you. I'm going to be there for the times you need me. I want to do whatever I can. But I, I want to be better at being humble enough to tell maybe not all of you, but maybe at least some of you, I need you. So let's work on that together. We're going to, we're going to sing a song in just a second about coming to God just as we are recognizing our need for him and recognizing that he'll take us just as we are and move us forward. We don't, just because of our concerns about COVID, we're not coming forward like maybe we used to here at Flagstone, but we still want to offer the opportunity to share. And so later on this morning when our worship is completed, uh, at least one of our shepherds will be right outside this door and if you, if you have a hardship, especially one that's caught you off guard and you're in the middle of it and you need help, don't, don't leave here today still carrying that burden. Talk to one of our shepherds. Talk, come find me. Talk to the person sitting a socially distant appropriate, you know, a distance away from you. If you're online and you got problems, email me, call me, call one of our shepherds. We want to help. Hardships are going to come. They're going to catch us by surprise. Let's not go through them alone. Let's pray. God, thank you for being the God of all comfort, for being a God that, that hears us, that loves us no matter what, that feels what we feel because your son has been through those things as well. What, a, what an amazing God you are. Forgive us the choices that we have made that have, that have taken us away from you. Forgive us the choices that we've made that have brought hardship into our lives. But as we believe that you are the God of forgiveness, God, I pray also for, for restoration, for rescue. Bring us through those circumstances. Bring us through those difficulties, even the ones that are self-inflicted, so that we can see how loved we are and so that we can show that love to other people. God, give anybody that's listening right now who is, who is in the middle of a hardship, in the middle of difficult circumstances, whether they brought it on themselves or, or it was brought on by somebody else, give them the willingness to give those things to you, to hear you speak to us today saying, I'll take it, give it to me. 
Let, let me walk with you. Let me hold your hand. Let me carry you through this. I'll get you on the other side of it. May we hear you today, God, and may we respond with faith to that invitation. I'm going to pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to Yeah.
Good morning. We appreciate everybody joining us today, whether you're here in person or online. Uh, for those of you who are online, you can't see this. This building is getting filled up. This is fantastic. We look forward to the day that every seat we own, which what you see out here is not anywhere near how many seats we own. But we look forward to the day this place is full. I'm with you, Stephen. That singing is going to be incredible. It's just going to, we're going to shake the ceiling. What a great morning. Marshall is a great lesson. We needed to hear that. Reagan, your thoughts? I didn't know Willie that well. but I knew just a part of his story. And at least he's not having to hurt anymore. Singing today was great, it always is. We're blessed with two really good song leaders. And uh, we're very thankful for that. This morning, if you, uh, if you brought a, a, a contribution, uh, there'll be baskets out in the foyer on your way out that you can put that in. We have opportunities for that on um, online. There's text to give. We have multiple avenues with which you can uh, continue to support this congregation. We greatly appreciate the generosity of everybody that does that. Marshall mentioned that, uh, <clears throat> that um, we're going to start offering the ability for, for people who feel the need to share pray um, for somebody just to to be there to listen to them we're going to start offering that opportunity and typically it'll be the elder who is closing prayer which so today is uh, you will see me back in this out in the foyer on the on the side there we have a room that we can go to if you want to have a private conversation um, my wife will be joining me in case uh, there are some ladies who don't feel comfortable talking um, to a man, uh, which we certainly understand that. So um, we want to we want to make sure that we're here to support your needs. This is a great family. The love in this congregation is is very strong. And if you're not a member here, we would love for you to to join us. There's a lot of work to be done, a lot of kingdom work to be done. And as we get this building completed, um, we think that's going to increase a, a lot. So we want to find a role for every person that wants one. We want you to be involved with us in our quest to grow God's kingdom. Because that's our purpose. So we... Uh, we encourage you to, uh, to reach out to us to find out what kind of roles uh, are available and what kind of roles that we don't even know we need that you may see. We're getting really close on the other building. Um, I don't know if you guys have taken a, a little quick walk through, but the kitchen's coming together. Uh, we start painting this week on all the rest of the paint that needs to be done. Carpet will be coming after that, and then we're going to open this thing up. In the old foyer, there is 
quite a few items that we want to um, give away if people want them. Uh, so take a look. If there's something you want, come get it, because by the end of this week, it's going to be in that big dumpster that's out underneath the awning. So, um, we, But we will hope if there's something that you guys could use, something you, you see that you want, by all means, take it. Um, I don't think I've forgotten anything, so let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, so much for this wonderful morning, for the great weekend. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for the sun. We thank you for our time here. What a wonderful way to come together to praise you. And Lord, we ask that you walk with us. Help us to take something from this day that encourages us, that drives us to reach out to those around us, share how you have helped us through our hardships, to be able to tell our story of what you've done in our lives. Thank you for loving us. Thank you so much for your son and the sacrifice that he didn't have to make. We know that we know that you love us. We know that you have blessed us and we ask that we never take that for granted. Walk with us and keep us on our path. In Jesus name. Amen. You know God works in mysterious ways and and after butchering that last song um, God said, it's all right. I said, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Everybody stand. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Yes, we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. It's all 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 right. Yes, we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Well, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It made my heart in love. Wrote my name above, and just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. And I said, "All right, it's all 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 right." Yes, we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. It's all 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 Yes, we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Well, I may have doubts and fears. My eyes be filled with tears. But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to he knows my every care And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right And 
Linda said, it's all right. 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 Yeah, you know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. It's all 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 right. Yes, we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. I said it's all right. 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 Yes, we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Do you? It's all right. 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 Yes, we know that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have a blessed week, everybody.